Good afternoon. Welcome to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We look forward to having you on the show. Thanks for joining us. This afternoon's episode is titled, It Becometh Us to Fulfill All Righteousness. It will be focused on the study of Exodus chapter 30. Before going any further, we'll begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your mighty word. It's amazing to see how, Lord, even in Exodus, the sacrifice had to be washed before it was offered. And to see how, Lord, when you went to be baptized of John, you told him it it behooveth you to fulfill all righteousness. O oh, Father, may the righteousness of our day and your ordinances of our day be fulfilled in our lives. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to Exodus chapter 30. Chapter 30 And thou shalt make an altar to burn incense upon, of shittim wood shalt thou make it. A cubit shall be the length thereof, and a cubit the breadth thereof. Four square shall it be, and two cubits shall be the height thereof. The horns thereof shall be of the same, and thou shalt overlay it with pure gold, the top thereof, and the sides thereof round about, and the horns thereof. And thou shalt make unto it a crown of gold round about, and two golden rings shalt thou make to it under the crown of it, by the two corners thereof, upon the two sides of it shalt thou make it, and they shall be for places for the staves to bear it withal. And thou shalt make the staves of shittim wood, and overlay them with gold, and thou shalt put it before the veil that is by the ark of the testimony, before the mercy seat that is over the testimony, where I will meet with thee. And Aaron shall burn thereon sweet incense every morning, when he dresseth the lamps, he shall burn incense upon it. And when Aaron lighteth the lamps at even, he shall burn incense upon it, a perpetual incense before the Lord throughout your generations. Ye shall offer no strange incense thereon, nor burnt sacrifice, nor meat offering, neither shall ye pour drink offering thereon. And Aaron shall make an atonement upon the horns of it once in a year, with the blood of the sin offering of atonements. Once in the year shall he make atonement upon it throughout your generations. It is most holy unto the Lord. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, When thou takest the sum of the children of Israel after their number, then shall they give every man a ransom for his soul unto the Lord, when thou numberest them, that there be no plague among them, when thou numberest them. This they shall give, every one that passeth among them that are numbered, half a shekel after the shekel of the sanctuary. A shekel is twenty giras, and half shekel shall be the offering of the Lord. Every one that passeth among them that are numbered, from twenty years old and above, shall give an offering unto the Lord. The rich shall not give more, and the poor shall not give less than half a shekel. When they give an offering unto the Lord to make an atonement for your souls, and thou shalt take the atonement money of the children of Israel, and shalt appoint it for the service of the tabernacle of the congregation, that it may be a memorial unto the children of Israel before the Lord to make an atonement for your souls. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Thou shalt also make a laver of brass, and his foot also of brass, to wash withal, and thou shalt put it between the tabernacle of the congregation and the altar, and thou shalt put water therein. For Aaron and his son shall wash their hands and their feet thereat, 
When they go into the tabernacle of the congregation, they shall wash with water, that they die not. Or when they come near to the altar to minister, to burn offering made by fire unto the Lord, so they shall wash their hands and their feet, that they die not. And it shall be a statute forever to them, even to him and to his seed throughout their generations. Moreover, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take thou also unto thee principal spices of pure myrrh, five hundred shekels, and of sweet cinnamon half so much, even two hundred and fifty shekels, and of sweet calamus two hundred and fifty shekels, and of kasha five hundred shekels, after the shekel of the sanctuary, and of oil, olive, and hen. And thou shalt make it an oil of holy ointment, an ointment compound after the art of the apothecary. It shall be an holy anointing oil, and thou shalt anoint the tabernacle of the congregation therewith, and the ark of the testimony, and the table, and all his vessels, and the candlestick, and his vessels, and the altar of incense, and the altar of burnt offering with all his vessels, and the laver, and his foot. And thou shalt sanctify them, that they may be most holy. Whatsoever toucheth them shall be holy. And thou shalt anoint Aaron and his sons, and consecrate them, that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. And thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel, saying, This shall be an holy anointing oil unto me throughout your generations. Upon man's flesh shall it not be poured, neither shall ye make any other like it after the composition of it. It is holy, and it shall be holy unto you. Whosoever compoundeth any like it, or whosoever putteth any of it upon a stranger, shall even be cut off from his people. And the Lord said unto Moses, Take unto these sweet spices, stacti, and onica, and galbanum. These sweet spices with pure frankincense, of each shall there be a like weight. And thou shalt make it a perfume, a confection after the art of the apothecary, tempered together, pure and holy. And thou shalt beat some of it very small, and put of it before the testimony in the tabernacle of the congregation, where I will meet with thee. It shall be unto you most holy. And as for the perfume which thou shalt make, ye shall not make to yourselves according to the composition thereof. It shall be unto thee holy for the Lord. Whosoever shall make like unto that, to smell thereto, shall even be cut off from his people. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled, The Basis of Fellowship. This was preached in 1961 on February the 14th. We'll begin at paragraph 126 to paragraph 177. I trust you find it to be a blessing. Now, my Baptist brethren, I want to ask you something. If justification is all God requires, I'd like to ask you this. When the man was separated by the waters of separation sprinkled, then he could not yet enter into the, the worship of the glory of the Lord. He could not do it because he was only sprinkled from his sins. It separated him from his sins but did not put him in fellowship. That's right. It only separated him from his sins. Now Ephesians said, we are washed by the water of the word. Now, hearing the word and being just as religious as you want to be, and your your pastor or scholar and your doctor of divinity a scholar, still that don't put us in fellowship. Right. No, sir, it will not do it. 
because they were only separated from their sins. Now that's a justification was Martin Luther's doctrine. We know that. Being justified by faith and still it didn't bring a fellowship. Now we know the next thing the believer had to do. After being separated from his sins, then what did he do? The next thing he do, he is turned towards the courts. And as he went, notice, oh my, I feel religious when I talk about this. Look, the next thing he had to look at, he had seven stripes of blood before him. To show that the seven stripes meant the seven church ages are the seven thousand years that every age had to be represented by the blood. Nothing else, no other way from Genesis to Revelations, from Eden to the millennium is the blood and nothing but the blood. Another thing, the believer had to recognize this. The believer coming in towards, now he's not in fellowship yet, yet he's separated from his sins, but he's not in fellowship. He had to recognize that the blood went before him, something died to go before him. And Hebrews 13, 12 and 13 said, Jesus suffered without the gate that he might sanctify the people with his own blood. That brings you Methodists up. All right. For his sanctification, still not in fellowship, still didn't do it. But when they went, is inside, inside the building. But you could fellowship with one another, read one another, but not the fellowship with God yet. Now, then once the year, the high priest, oh my, had to be dressed in a certain way. He had to be anointed a certain way. He had to be anointed with the perfume of the rose of Sharon. They put it upon Aaron's beard and it run all the way down to the hems of his garment. He had to have a certain made clothes. And another thing, he had to walk a certain way. And on his end of his garment, he had a bell and a pomegranate. A bell and a pomegranate. And he had to walk a certain way to make that place holy, holy, holy unto the Lord. Holy, holy, holy unto the Lord. What's he doing? He's approaching the Shekinah glory, the real fellowship. Hallelujah. Now, you see, he had, and he had to make a noise. The only way the congregation could tell he wasn't dead is because they could hear that noise. I'll tell you what, a church lets off its noise, then something happens. They show the world. Because everywhere the Shekinah glory is, there is a noise. Watch. The man that's anointed, and Aaron went in, packing the blood before him, going in, holy, 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 unto the Lord. Holy, 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 unto the Lord. Them bells chiming out, anointed, going into the holies of holies. How the congregation used to admire that man. How he went in there one day and, and left his old staff that he had in his hand. And when he went back in again, that staff that was dead, nothing but an old stick. It had come to life, bloomed and had blossoms on it. Yes, sir. Laying in the presence of the Shekinah glory. I tell you, it'll do it as sure as the world. It'll take an old dead church that comes into that Shekinah glory and bloom it out into a church of faith. Yes, sir. Notice what taking place. Here he was, anointed. Went in behind that place and they could just listen. Hear them bells. Aaron standing in the Shekinah glory by the mercy seat where the cherubims had their wings tipped over. The guards of the mercy seat. And they could listen in there. Oh, how their hearts long to go in there. 
holy, holy, holy unto the Lord. And know that what it did to Aaron. Oh, he lived from year to year to go in. And how the regular congregation couldn't go in. Yet they were living under the blood. But yet not into the Shekinah glory. But when the true blood came, the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, he broke down the middle wall of petition. He tore down the curtain from top to the bottom. And now the believer, whosoever will, let him come into the Shekinah glory. And a man, through justification, believing the word, sanctification, cleaning from his sins, he's a subject to enter into the Pentecostal Shekinah. God did the same thing on the day of Pentecost when he had saved the church through justification, Romans 5, 1, sanctification, he, uh, St. John 17, 17. He said, Sanctify them, Father, through the truth, for thy word is the truth. But on the day of Pentecost, the middle wall of petition had been torn down. The curtain was rent from top to bottom at Calvary. And the believer entered into that Shekinah glory. And the power of God fell upon him. Holy, holy, holy unto the Lord. Went the praises and glories and unknown tongues. And out of there they come shouting and rejoicing. That's the only place of fellowship. Brother, that's the only place that'll make the Jew, the Greek, the white, the black, the yellow, the brown set together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's when they entered into that Shekinah glory. There's no shame left in them. That's what I think's got the matter with the Pentecostal church today, brother. We find out that the people's getting so ashamed, they're ashamed to say, Amen. They're ashamed to even glorify the Lord. Some of the preachers stand up and say, Ah, man, like a calf of the cramps. And he goes, Up like a kind of going, I hate that thing. I like her. Stand up and sing with some great big classical song about a great big trying to put on like the rest of the churches. That's not fellowship. If anything, I hate, excuse that expression a few minutes ago, didn't mean to say it like that. Forgive me. But when I, I think of the way the church has got so starchy and different, oh, my, what's the matter? You see him get up there and try to sing. I stood in a hole in this church not long ago where a choir stood back there. Mm, I want to say something so bad. They didn't know I was sitting down to pastor study. And here come that choir out there and David Duplicis taking up an offering for foreign missions. And if them boys with great big robes on and things walked out there with them girls carrying on and telling jokes and one started and said, now here, I'm blind, I'm in a foreign mission, let me take you, put something for me, and up and down like that, and walked out there and tried to, with an overtrained voice, trying to squeak and holler, like they were trying to sing, you could tell they wasn't singing the Shekinah glory. I do hate an overtrained voice. Stand up there and hold their breath like they're get blue in the face, that's not singing. But if anything I like, it's a good old free Pentecostal chord. Shows they haven't got, they're leaving that Shekinah glory. That's the only place you can ever do. That'll make Methodists, Baptists, Presbyterians, Lutherans, Catholics, oneness, twoness, treeness, and all together come into the Shekinah glory. That's the only place of real fellowship. A man and woman that's ever walked in behind there, there's no difference in any person there. They're all brothers in there because they, they, don't, they only know one thing that's the blood, and they know they're brothers. Amen. I wish I was twice my size now. Maybe I could enjoy twice as good. Yes. Fellowship. 
fellowship under the blood. God's only remedy. Denominations will separate us. Education will separate us. Science will separate us. But the blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse us from sin. We have fellowship one with another while we walk in the light as He is the light. The light of the Shekinah glory. Amen. Like a man getting married. When he gets married, you live in a three-room house. You know that? Oh, you say, I beg your pardon, i got ten. No, you haven't. You only live in a three-room house. That's your, you may have three or four bedrooms and three or four pantries and things like that, but you actually live in a three-room house. That is the kitchen, the living room, and the bedroom. That's right. You live in a three-room house. God lived in a three-room house. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You live in a three-room house, soul, body, and spirit. Now, you live in a house of a kitchen, a, a living room, and a bedroom. What is it the first thing when you talk to your little wife? That's the kitchen part, fellowshipping. Like the man who comes into the church, he sits back. He just has a little fellowship with one another when he comes in to listen to the Word. Faith cometh by hearing. Then the next thing in the other room is the engagement room. Well, a lot of people think as long as they get into the kitchen, that's all they have to know. You're just feeding them. You're just getting fed. Then the next room is the engagement room where you make love to your wife in the parlor. But now wait. That's as far as some people go. But remember, into the next room is where not only fellowship, but relationship comes. And that's what's the matter with the church today. They got a shame face if you can catch them a parable. They don't want that relationship with God. They'd rather have some stole, cold, formal, starchy organization say, I'm Presbyterian, I'm Methodist, I'm Baptist, I'm Pentecostal, than to really come down to that relationship with God to go out and bear four children crying out, my Father. They're ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it's the power of God and the salvation to them that believe. We'll never educate them in. We'll never denominate them in. We'll never scientifically take them in. They've got to be born in. That's right. When a baby's born, these three elements come for the baby's life. What's the first thing? Excuse me, sisters. What's the first thing come? Water. If it isn't a dry birth, the baby's not normal. Second thing, blood. Is that right? What's the next thing? Life. What come from Jesus? Water, blood, and life. Spiritually signed. What constitutes the, the natural birth constitutes the spiritual birth. If a baby's born and he's stillborn, he doesn't cry, there's no emotion to him, what's the matter with him? He's a dead-born baby. That's what's the matter with the churches today. What's the matter with our Pentecostals? We're bringing forth too many dead-born babies. Exactly right. Yes, sir, we are. That's exactly right. What do you do with a baby if he's still born like that? You just take him by the heels and raise him up and give him a little posterior protoplasma stimulation just as hard as you can. And that fixes him up. And if anything the church needs tonight is a good old-fashioned gospel spanking with the power of the Holy Ghost have one thing to do with it. Separate ourselves on account of that. Nonsense. It shows we haven't been in the Shekinah glory yet. It's exactly right. When I was a little boy, brother and I, we went back out the field behind us. We met an old, old terrapin. I don't know what you know what they are or not. 
out here on the West Coast. How many knows what a turtle or terrapin is? All right. He's the funniest looking thing to us little kids. He looks so horrible. Here's that big old leg, you know, reaching out like that. And I said, isn't he a funny looking thing, brother? He said, yes, yes. I said, let's go look at him. When he did, went, like a lot of these Christians, you know, so-called, go, draw him, sheriff, out of the Oh, your brother Bram, that holy roller. Uh, you, you're that guy who the divine healing. You're that divine healer. Oh, you old turtle. So then, the first thing you know, I said, well, wait a minute, brother. I said, I'll fix him. We want to see him walk. And he wouldn't walk for us. He'd just sit there like he's dead. That's what the church has done. All got up in your Presbyterian hull, your Methodist, Baptist, and Pentecostal hull. Just draw back in. We won't have nothing to do with the rest of them. <laughs> you know what I said? I said, I'll get me a switch. I poured on him. I went over and got me a great big willow switch. And I just whipped him for all it was. And he didn't do a thing. <laughs> you can't whoop it into him. I said, I'll tell you, I'll fix him. I tucked him out to the creek and got him with a shell. I said, I'll drown him or he'll walk. And I pulled him under the water, just a few bubbles come up, and that was all. Didn't do a thing. <laughs> Brother, you can baptize him three times forward, three times backward, four many ways you want to. And you just go down to dry center and come up a wet one. But you know how I made him move? I built me a little fire and set the old boy on it. He moved on. What the church needs tonight is not a ripping mud, not a theology, but the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. That's what will make the church move. Set the church afire with the gospel. Set the fire of God down on them through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That'll make them move. Praise God forever. That's what it takes to make the church move. Honor the blood, and the blood brings the fire. The sacrifice was offered by fire. The blood on the fire made the smoke, uh, sweet-smelling Savior that went up to the Savior Himself. The sweet-smelling Savior was the prayers of people on the odor of the blood that went up as He prayed. Honor the shed blood. And today, when the sacrifice has been burnt by the Holy Spirit, when you take your own sacrifice by the blood of Jesus Christ and throw yourself on the altar, covered by the blood, and the Holy Ghost gets a hold of that and sends a sweet-smelling Savior to God that brings you into the Shekinah glory. That's the only place of fellowship. Amen! Fellowship. That's what we need. God's way of fellowship. There's only one way. God provided the way of fellowship. We cannot educate ourselves into it. We cannot dress ourselves into it. You cannot denominate yourself into it. You've got to be born into it through the blood of Jesus Christ. Take you into the divine fellowship. Then if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with the other. And the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. Amen. How can we hold prejudice, a racial prejudice? How can we hold denominational prejudice and still say we're walking in the light? How can we hold prejudice against the Word of God and say the days of miracles is past? God's own Word. Because we just have to meet the thing in the face and say, well, I just can't make it come to pass. I just don't believe it. Why don't you witness your unbeliever? Jesus said, these signs shall follow them that believe. And that settles it. It's for believers. That's the reason I'm Pentecostal. That's the reason I believe it. Because I've found them. I've walked into places and great places. 
I went with these Pentecostal people and where there was, in, right in Washington, D.C., when uh, Vice President Nixon and all of them were there, it didn't stop them a bit. When the power of God fell, they shouted and praised God just the same anywhere. They're not ashamed of the gospel because they're in the fellowship. Hallelujah. When a man's born of the Spirit of God, there's something happens to him. And he's brought into the Shekinah glory. He's a child of God. Faith dwells within him. He's Abraham's seed then. For he's dead in Christ and take on Abraham's seed. Oh, world, if they only knew what it was. I tell you what, where we made a mistake. Now, if you'll excuse me for saying this in closing. Where we made the mistake, we tried to denominate ourselves into it. We have it, the rest of them don't have it. The Methodists, the Baptists, the Presbyterians, they're nothing if they're old cold formals. If you don't watch out, we're going to be the old cold formals, and they're going to pick it up and go on. It's exactly right. We are going to watch and find ourselves that way because they're just coming from right and left everywhere. You see where the Episcopalians now are saying we must get back to the gospel. We must come back to Pentecost. We must have speakers with tongues, interpreters of tongues, divine healers, and everything in our churches. Oh, brother, what a thing. You don't sell this tape. about discerning spirit, visions, isn't that just the same? Isn't interpretation of tongues prophecy? See what the Holy Spirit has said? Perhaps them two men did never know one another or see one another. Very doubtful they ever did. And here they are, one speaking, the other giving it, and come right in with the word. Did you notice about how long he spoke, how he brought his adjectives and his, his, uh, high, uh, his sentences in? Did you notice how the interpretation comes? Just the same thing, right back, just the way he spoke it like that. Why, it's the Holy Ghost among us. We, we're just getting numb to the thing. We just don't realize, brother, what a great thing this is. Oh, how God wants to pour his blessings upon his church. Don't you believe that? 
Oh, my. Wonder right now why the Holy Spirit just spoke. Why did He stop me from them last few more remarks? Why did He why did He bring it down when I had something I was going to say about the blood? Why did He? Because He spoke this interpretation so that you would know that it's Him speaking. He gave witness. said, don't pay no attention to the clay, but the message is true. There it is. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Shake off all the shackles and get loose so you really enter into the Shekinah glory. For the Shekinah fall. That's the fellowship. The blood of Jesus Christ making all you Methodists, Baptists, Presbyterians, Lutherans, and all of you one in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thanks be to God. Oh, brother. I know you think I'm crazy, but, but I'm not. I'm not. I know where I am, but this is glorious to feel the Spirit of God down here in the, uh, on the West Coast in these last days, under the Word, the Word, God honors the Word. That's the way, listen, so it's your Pentecostal people to know. See, God honors the Word of those visions because He promised it. Well, the same God that promised that promises the kind of glory to His people. See, it's the same God just in another form bringing you another blessing. Oh, if I could just, everybody could catch it at one accord, wouldn't this be wonderful? Oh, it would be glorious. Oh, the sick would be healed, the lame would walk, and leap like a heart, and, and the sinners would be weeping their way to Calvary, and the Shekinah falling all around, and we wouldn't even go home tonight. We'd just stay here all night long, all day tomorrow, and all day the next day, and the streets would be piled everywhere with the power of God who wants to break forth like a light upon us. Oh, hallelujah. How I love him for that. His goodness and his mercy endureth forever. He's truly, truly the son of the living God. Amen. Jesus Christ, there's no other. He is the true son of the living God. He's our savior, our healer, our king, our prince, our our life, our joy, our health. He's all in all to us. How wonderful. How we ought to be willing to be presenting to people. Let him go out to someone. How wonderful. How glorious. It is this. The time is short now coming soon. Yes, prepare thyself. Prepare thyself. Before it's too late. Yes, listen to every word. For I am the Lord thy God that speaks to me. Praise be to God. Oh, wonderful. Look at that poor lady that said that there, that lovely looking elderly lady, her hair frosted for eternity. No, she hasn't very much longer on earth. Uh, uh, when we get up to the age, like, what would that woman be saying anything if it wasn't something she couldn't hold herself and just pushing out of her? It's the Holy Spirit bringing forth his Upon my handsmaids and my maidservants will I pour out of my spirit. Yes, there's God's promise exactly, friends. Oh, my. Hallelujah. If you could just see what it is. If you could just enjoy it. Oh, my. I believe we ought to call sinners first to the altar. Don't you think so? Somebody go to the piano right quick. Sinner friend, I'm inviting you in the name of the Lord Jesus upon the basis first of his word upon the basis of speaking in tongues and giving the interpretation and on prophecy falling on that sweet old mother sitting over there. 
every one of them speaking the same thing, calling, calling, calling. There's something we ought to do. Let's stand. What's your song, brother? I surrender all. I surrender all. Come here, brother. Let's see sing it. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to Thee, my I surrender all. While they're playing at once, are you really mean that with all your heart? Are you ready to give up everything? Women, are you ready to give up your fashions for Christ? Gentlemen, man here, are you willing to give up your smoking, your drinking, your gambling? Give up your creed and find Christ? Church member, are you ready to surrender your creed for Christ? Your creed will be condemned at that day. Your Christ will be received. For it's only you're going to be judged by an angry God who's not going to look for anything else but the blood of His own Son. And that's the only thing will pass. No matter how good you've been, how loyal you've been, if you're not covered by the blood living in the Shekinah glory, you'll be lost at that day. Live in that. Will you surrender all now? Come up here and let me shake your hand. Pray with you right here around the altar. Come on, church member, whoever you are, come. I
receive the Holy Ghost. Come on down out of the balcony up there, all of you, outside of Christ. Come on, this Shekinah glory is true. I'll witness it by the Word and by God. It's true, friend. Come while you got a chance to come. All right, what we say? As we get towards the end of this episode, we end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word to recognize that the basis of fellowship today is under your shed blood and the Holy Spirit. Father, we accept nothing less and we know you accept nothing less too. Father, may it become 
unto us that all righteousness will be fulfilled. And may we set aside our thoughts and our plans and our ways of doing things to take on your ways. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you.
to complete it. He who started the work will be faithful to complete it in you. When the trouble you're facing slowly replacing your home with this plan, all the process is long. And you're losing your song in the night. You can be sure that the Lord has His hand on you, safe and secure. He will never abandon you. You are His treasure. He's got His pleasure in you. Yes, He. Come. 